Illegal Pete's is back, and we are so pumped to have them on board again. As you guys know, the pandemic shut down lots of restaurants, and Illegal Pete's was one of them. They've been back in action for a while now, and we couldn't be happier to promote them. They have a bunch of awesome new stuff going on, including their sound check promotion, which is an ongoing promotion at all locations that offers a free draft beer or house marg with purchase of an adult entree when the guest shows a same-day ticket to any event. So jump on that if you're starting to go out do things again illegal Pete's can hook you up they also launched their party margs during the pandemic which are 32 ounce house margaritas four times larger than their normal one you can get stuff during happy hour at all locations from 3 to 6 p.m every day one dollar off all drafts one dollar off house and coin style margs twenty dollar party margs one dollar off large chips and queso as well just a bunch of awesome deals right now. Also, apparently their queso is really great and people love knowing that. So now you know. Head on over to Illegal Pete's and get yourself some awesome food today. Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. And I guess it's it's time. We kind of mentioned it on yesterday's show. We're going to be diving in specifically to Gabe Landeskog's potential contract and what the Avs may have to do to keep Gabe Landeskog on the team going forward. Um, let me just start by giving y'all his stat line from last year, just so we know roughly what we're working with here. He had 20 goals and 32 assists for 52 points in 54 games. Um, that number is a lot closer to his 2018-19 totals, where he was a point-per-game player in 73 games, as opposed to his... And look, Landy throughout his career has been roughly around a 60-point player. So just the statistical range you're working with as a guy who is also the captain of the Colorado Avalanche. Um, Look, there's a million different factors that come into play, particularly with contracts getting done over the next couple of years. But... You look at the Avalanche's roster and what they need to do, who they need to sign, and the two big free agents, Gabe Landeskog, Philip Grubauer, and then to a lesser extent, Brandon Saad. Um, So what they end up doing with all three of those people is going to affect each other pretty significantly. But Landy obviously being the most tenured of the three... AJ, let, let's start with this. Where do you expect the number to come in? What do you think it's going to take to get Landy signed? I mean, that's the whole point of the show, right? Yeah. So we're putting you on the spot right away. I mean, we've been talking about the $7 million mark for five months now, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, longer than that. I mean, it feels like it's been pretty much the day. Anders Lee signed his deal. Yep. I was like, that's the Landeskog benchmark now. Mm-hmm. And as as I was doing prep for today's show, as I was getting into all the numbers and digging into where Landeskog sits around the league in terms of production, 
um, rate of production, even strength, all that stuff. It all it all kind of kept coming back to the same thing, and then when you start to get into the contracts, comparables you know, and such, you look, yeah. in, you look in recent deals that have been signed, um, and it's like, look, this guy, he's got every argument in the world for seven million dollars. The big the big question is how much of an impact does the stagnant cap have because all of these contracts get signed all these long-term deals get signed with the understanding that everybody is expecting the salary cap to slowly go up through the life of the deal right you know there might have been a year where it doesn't go up very much or it stagnates but overall contracts get signed under the assumption that in seven years That will be a lesser percentage of a team's cap hit than it is at the start. Yeah, exactly. That then it, it becomes it it becomes a a much harder conversation when that's not the case, right? Because we saw and and like look last year's UFA probably will not be representative of this year's teams will actually have some money because they will have had a year to have planned for flat cap. So they didn't go out and get themselves in much trouble last year. They have known this was coming. Whereas last year it was a, it was a surprise. Everybody thought that the, I mean, last year was supposed to be a big boon, you know, before the pandemic started, there were projections that the cap could go up as much as 7 million. Yeah. And for then it to have gone nowhere, and now <laughs> it will stay at eighty-one point five. That'll be the number. That's yeah. that's a huge complicating factor because you look at last year's class. Tyler Toffoli gets four years and what four two five. Yep. From the Canadiens, um, Mike Hoffman technically signed a PTO, but that was only for tricky for them to play for yeah. St. Louis to play tricky cap games because they needed to put. Injury reserve stuff, yeah. And I think he got four and a half from St. Louis. So, and you're talking like Mike Hoffman's been a 20 or 30 goal guy for the last decade. You know, the last, certainly the last six, seven years that he's been nails when it comes to just being able to put pucks in the net. Now, Mike Hoffman's tough because he's a one-dimensional player who is a truly awful defensive (laughs) player. But it was it was at least interesting because we thought going into the offseason, these are these are guys these are these are guys that are gonna get paid big money. Mike Hoffman got a one year deal. Tyler Tafoli got four years at a number that nobody thought he was gonna get. You know, I mean, you look at it, he's uh, Tyler Toffoli made just a couple hundred grand more than Jonas Donskoy. So we're talking major effect. And, you know, with, with the operating assumption that the cap isn't going anywhere for the next few years, for up to as many as five, depending on who you talk to and certain projections and all that. Um, let's just operate. Let's spend, let's start since we're starting our off season right now, we're going to, we're going to start our conversations under the, uh, the assumption that the cap is flat for five years. Four or five is the number we keep hearing. So. Yeah. So we'll just say five and all pods moving forward, all conversations moving we'll forward. Under that assumption, yeah. Operate under that assumption that it will be five years, and then if it's less, then great. But for five years, just to make just to just to make it an easy, we're on the same page about all of us. Yep. Um. So I saw someone ask about it in chat. Um. Look, the number we have heard thought about talked about is seven million uh alan asks 
does your number crunching take into account his previous comments about taking a deal for less to keep the group together? No, of course not. Yep. There's certainly a... Players uh, say stuff all the time. It's totally irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. There's... The only, the only way that we will know if he's if that's a thing is if he does it. Him, him saying... A, a player saying they would be willing to take less. Cool. I mean, Taylor Hall said he wanted to win and then went to Buffalo, right? I mean, this is the same fan base that watched Paul Stasny say he would take a hometown discount and then left. I mean, he went home, not for a discount, but... So, like, we just went through this. Uh, Yeah. You don't ever listen to what players say publicly about that stuff. Because when push comes to shove, the money is the thing that talks, not what a player says. I mean, obviously. Nathan McKinnon did not do it on his last contract. That's not true. Nathan McKinnon got less on his last contract because he hadn't broken out yet, basically. Nathan Nathan McKinnon signed a... There were a wave of... There were a wave of deals that got signed all in a little clump together. And it was like... Mark Shifley, Johnny Gaudreau, Nathan McKinnon, all those guys signed for Sean Monahan. All those guys signed right in the neighborhood of six million for six million per. Yep. And every single one of those players has greatly outperformed those contracts. Yeah, by like a lot. Yeah. So. All of them. The market was just in the perfect spot for those guys to all get long-term deals. And none of them had performed at anywhere near the point per game pace that they were capable of. Yeah. Like almost immediately after they yeah. signed. Almost all of those players had, had bigger breakouts right after. Yeah. McKinnon's, McKinnon's was obviously like the big breakout um, yeah. doing this. Uh, I was looking through uh, the salaries of everyone in the NHL, and right now Nathan McKinnon is the 61st highest paid forward so a bit silly to say the least (laughs) yeah well and this is why this is why we talk about the abs need to win a stanley cup on this contract because after mckinnon signs a new one it's going to get significantly harder all right so landis cog yes you don't you don't take in that into account but you do take in when we're talking about his value, it goes beyond just the numbers as it did with Anders Lee, because Anders Lee was not a $7 million player, but he was insanely important to the organization and they couldn't watch another captain leave in UFA. Yep. They had to, they had to do what they had to do to keep that guy. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because the Evs have never really had trouble keeping their captains around. Obviously, they had the couple years between Sackick and Landeskog there, but beyond that, this has been a two-captain franchise for the most part. The the couple years of Foot and Hayduke and just yeah. bringing the rolling out the greatest hits a little bit, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's cert- it's clearly something that this organization values and has valued from the beginning is is keeping a steady captain. So well and, and Landeskog is one of those rare guys that I mean you remember when he got drafted yep. and it was like one of the first things talked about is yep. this guy will be a captain. Captain someday. material, yeah, right off yeah. the bat. And it was one thing for his NHL club, a not very good NHL club to give him the C right away. Mm-hmm. It was another for Team Sweden to do it. Yeah on an international stage is kind of a big deal. Certainly for uh, someone that young. And for like, that's a hockey powerhouse. That wasn't like, you know, that wasn't like uh, what we used to, like what Finland used to be where like, there were a handful of great players, but it was a pretty shallow depth and not very many guys to pick from. Like that was like team Sweden is for real. You're not talking about like, Latvia sneaking in and yeah. picking their one NHLer to yeah, <laughs> like 
for for him to have gotten that C, I mean, it was just it's been interesting to hear him talk about how in recent you know recently he's he's talked about he maybe got it a year too early a little a, a little sooner than he maybe should have gotten it yeah but he's got it figured out now you know he's comfortable <laughs> in the role now but you know and as a 19 year old it's like this is certainly a, a thing um but i think i think that the leadership role the leadership the face of the franchise the the C on his chest, I think it's important. Yep. I, you know, it certainly is going to play a big role wherever he goes. If he say he leaves Colorado. Yeah. How or, does he not immediately he, become a part of the captaincy conversation anywhere? Yeah. Right. Like it would have to be because there's an old guard guy there. You yeah. know, the teams that teams that immediately jump out are California teams. Yeah, you know where, like, obviously, Kobe Brown, Dowdy, those guys are at the end of their career. Yeah, you know, uh, if Getzlaff stays in Anaheim, you know, that's it would be hard to supplant him as the C. But an interesting conversation where I think you could definitely look at it and say, "Eh, well, wherever he goes, you know, he'll he'll be part of a leadership group. Why would you want to let him, you know, why would you, why would you want to let him leave? Now, obviously, they don't want to let him leave. They're not like, oh, hey. But I think as we get into the money aspect of this. It might get a little bit easier to go it, down that road. Yeah. Well, it, it might be something. It might be a conversation just because I, I do want to get into like the money details and contract comparables and where do they go? Yes, and and we will get into that, but we do need to take our first period break. First, as we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get it on tap down at the Breckenridge, Brecken, well, yeah, at the, at the Breckenridge Farmhouse, but also at the DNVR Bar. Uh, both amazing places to grab a drink. You can also find their hard seltzers at a local liquor store near you, so check those out as well. Also brought to you by Solace Meds. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. You get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 there. Schedule your pickup order for any of the four locations in Colorado. Get what you need and also check out them in store as well. There's one just a couple blocks away from the DNVR bar. You can get anywhere from 10 to 25% off on select products in store as well. There you go. You can see the locations down below on the YouTube. Uh, they make awesome stuff. They usually have special deals for holidays and things as well. So check out Solace Meds when you can and sign up for a DNVR membership. You get the annual membership. You get yourself a free shirt, a free mask, all sorts of cool stuff, including our content, discounts, better beers, you name it. It's It's dope. DNVR is awesome. Support us because I think we're pretty cool. Not to toot our own horn too much, but all right. Yeah, you get the free holistic stick as well. I think we're still doing that offer. So jump on that. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ coming at you. Um, a couple things as we as we dive into these numbers, we dive into potential comparables. First of all, of the Avs' major free agents, would you rank Landeskog number one as most likely to be back? Or number two? Uh, or number three? Because realistically, it's not going to be any lower than that. Are we counting RFAs? No, UFAs only. Okay. Then one. Makar would be one if we were counting RFAs. Yeah, but yeah. Exactly. That's why I was asking. Then Landeskog yeah. is one. Okay. Cool. That's where I would put him as well. It should be understood that we are operating from a position of this dude's not leaving. Yeah. But we want to have an honest conversation about the landscape, what it looks like, all of these things. Any chance I get to nerd out about Sam Reinhardt, I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I do want to make it clear. Personally, we don't think he's going anywhere. No, do not. I don't expect anything but Gabe to be captain for life in Colorado if he wants to be here, basically. Yeah. So with that ground being set, looking at some of these comparables, 
I mean, there are two that uh, really catch my eye right at the $7 million mark. Those being Max Pacioretty and Evander Kane. Obviously, we talked about Anders Lee as well. Uh, the reason I pick Pacioretty and Kane is Pacioretty got a four-year deal in 2019-20. A little bit older than Landeskog, so maybe that's a smidge on the short side. This is where... Yep. Yeah. And then Kane, his contract was a couple of years ago, but he got to the big seven-year deal. I mean, obviously ignore what's going on with Kane off the ice and the bankruptcy stuff, but... Totally irrelevant to this conversation. Right. Exactly. So uh, the the Kane deal would be signed when he was 27, which is one year younger than Gabe or a year and a half younger than Gabe, I guess. Kane's deal was signed when he was 26. He was that young, right? So a yeah. couple of years younger than Gabe at that point then. Yep. That's why I thought it was interesting. You picked the two that are on the either, either side of him and ignore right. the Anders Lee who's right on the nose. Well, I mean, that's my point is you look at these two and you kind of probably come somewhere in the middle to that Anders Lee deal. But I wanted to give some context because we've talked about the Anders Lee deal quite a bit as a, yeah. as a good comparable for Landy. Yep. So that those are kind of the contracts that I'm using to, to fall in between. Um, you could talk about someone like a Matt Kachuk as well in that range. I was going to say the other ones that you could keep in mind are uh, Chris Kreider and James Van Riemsdyk because those were also UFA deals yeah. signed at age 28, 29. Yep. And JVR's is interesting because his is a five-year deal versus a seven-year deal. And I think that's something you and I would have a much larger interest in. Yeah, I mean, a five-year deal takes Landy. He'll be 29 a month into this coming season. Yeah, this is his age 29 season coming up. So he'd essentially be 33, 34 Mm -hmm. at the end of a five-year deal. And I mean, look, Gabe Landeskog is not like – he doesn't play like Matt Calvert, but there's certainly a level of physicality and going to the dirty areas that is required from Gabe's game. Yeah, and and that's a big reason why he's been as effective as he's been on that line. Yep. Is because you have two really high-skilled guys, and then you kind of have your classic grinder, right? Like a guy that will go and... Do all the dirty work, yep. Yeah, and he'll he'll do a lot of the hard defensive work, and he'll, he, brings, he brings an element of two-way play that the other two guys have not so far in their careers, although I will say both have gotten better. In that regard, they still have a long way to go as positive defensive They're, players. You're talking about Nathan McKinnon as passable defensively now in his career. And ranting in, you're talking about, well, at least he's not a total anchor in the defensive zone. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously it's in the specific case of the three-headed monster, especially Landy's defensive ability matters quite a bit. You also see he is essentially the face-off man if those three are going to be together, certainly at least on the one side. So there are some other aspects to that specifically where I don't want to drift too much into this conversation, but do you kind of consider Landis Gog at least a contract value as a center because of those things, things like that? No. Okay. I I agree, but the conversation of play Landy at center was one that came up more than a few times this year. Well, and he got he, he there were a couple of those. Center, yes, there were a couple of those zombie lineups where it was like they've got to do something, and that was the solution was. And it worked pretty, pretty decently, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a conversation that's out there. Um, yeah, going certainly going over five years, I think, does start to get scary. Yeah, I mean, if you go, so they go a seven-year deal. He's thirty-six when it's done. Yep, and. Look, if Landis Gog does want to be in Colorado for his career, it's super easy to say, all right, here's your $7 million for five years, and we'll just do one or two-year deals until the cows come home if you want to stick around. you know, Just keep offering him the next contract as long as he wants to be here. But yeah, 
So two two other so I want to also bring up TJ Oshie's contract. Sure. Because I also thought that was an interesting that's an interesting one because he signed it at age 30. He took an 8-year deal. Now, because he got the 8 years, the AAV is a little bit lower. Yep. Uh and he's at 575. Which Boy, would that be a steal if you can get Landy for that. Okay. Well, that won't happen. But Obviously. <laughs> honest question here. If you... If if they could agree to, say, an eight-year eight deal. And yep. in exchange, that takes him through that age 36 season... And and expires when he's thirty seven, essentially. Yep. If he takes that deal, the trade off has to be a lower number. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. And I, the question is, is how much per year do you give up? I mean, personally, I'd be looking at maybe like six and a quarter. Because if it's six, it's if it's six point five, that extra five hundred k is not worth it. I agree. For me. But if it's if you start getting to six flat, you're saving you get, a million a year. Say six two five. Sure. Because while we're talking about seven million dollars is kind of the benchmark here, he is out. It is important to note. Every single one of these contract comparables that we're talking about, he has more career points then. Yep. If this was not a flat cap era, the year that he had, we're probably talking about him closer to the $8 million range, honestly. Certainly seven Uh, and a half, I would say. I think think we're talking about, I think personally, I think we're in the seven and a half million range anyway. Already, sure. And I think that if it were not a flat cap, we would be looking at eight and a half. Yeah, somewhere. Because keep and I, I, I know there will be some sticker shock when I talk about that, but like, <laughs> keep in mind that if we were not in a flat cap, the cap would be ninety million right the, now. The yeah. cap would have taken a big jump last year, and it would be getting ready to take a massive jump this year. Yep, because of expansion, and then another massive jump next year because of TV deals. So, you know, I think without without that, it would be yeah, it would be a much higher number. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> this I think where where we're talking. So, if we use the TJ Oshie thing, now he's he's a couple years younger. Well, he's right now he's twenty eight, but he's just, for all intents and purposes, he's twenty nine because he will turn twenty nine. As yep. the season starts, basically. Yep. Um, which is why when I said seven years, it was like, yeah, I said uh, 30, 36 because it expires when he's 35, but his next contract begins. In his Landy's birthday is in a similar time frame for the record. Yeah. So just that's just what I mean when I say that. Um, with so with Landy, an eight year deal, if if it would have to be six two five. Or lower, yeah. That I and then I I'd be shocked then, if he took less than six and a quarter. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if he takes a if he takes an eight year deal at six million dollars, you're talking sorry, hard. You now sign it today. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> or just get the courier to sprint that thing to the NHL offices. Yeah, <laughs> you sign that today. But if there's an if they go eight, there's got to be some give from the player on AAV. Because there's a good chance somewhere in those 30s he stops being worth that money. Uh, an interesting conversation on this I see chat talking about. Do you you think many guys will want to extend past 2026? That is when the current CBA is up. The thing about 2026 is I don't know so much about the CBA, but you're talking about a lot of players that are going to want to sign that next contract as the cap starts to increase again. Mm-hmm. Um. It's an interesting situation with Landy specifically because 
realistically, when the cap starts to go up, Lambie is going to be entering, if not already, into the twilight of his career. Mm-hmm. So Landy may never get the chance to really sign that big deal. Now, there is a conversation that I'm guessing we're going to mostly brush off. But if you're Landeskog, do you take a two or three year deal here to try and get closer to that cap increasing and try and get another big contract? Yeah. So this is why I brought up the Oshi deals because that's one extreme. The Pacioretty deal is the extreme on the other side. Right. Extreme. Like, <laughs> it's, a four year, it's still a four year deal. Relative right? term. Yeah. Yeah. So because I think. I think, you know, we're about to see some guys in their 30s make decent money this year. We talked about Alec Martinez on yesterday's show. Now, obviously, as a defenseman, their value tends to hold up a little better than wings. (laughs) Uh, But I will say, if he wanted to dig, say, the four-year deal, with the idea in mind that he has two good paydays left, because... He will finish out right now. He's at the tail end of his aging curve, his athletic prime. But if he takes a four year deal, say three years, he has three more years of let's say 20, 20, let's say 25 goals and 35 assists. Okay. A pretty generous, like just natural assumption. He could easily he could easily outperform those numbers. He could underperform. I don't know. But that's how it works, man. The longer the term, it, the, the AA the if, the AAV goes down. That's if, how this works. Right. If if the AAV isn't going down on longer term, what reason would the team have for signing him longer? Yeah for a guy getting into his thirties, if like when we have the Kale McCarr conversation, maybe tomorrow, it's a totally different approach. That's because you're buying UFA years of his prime at that point. Well, You're buying his twenties. Yeah. Conversation. Exactly. That's not not the camp. That's not the conversation that you're having with Gabe Landeskog. He has to give a little bit money back for those extra years of security, because otherwise the team says, we're going to give you five years. We'll give you that $7 million. But then in years six, seven, and eight, which he would have had at say our say six two five, he's actually making three million dollars per year on those. So he has to give AAV. That's literally how this process works. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's a handful of conversations that we'll continue to get into, but let's get to this super chat really quick. Thank you very much, Nick. AJ, would you do Kadri a third and seventh for Sam Reinhardt? I would certainly do that, but uh, Buffalo yeah. wouldn't. Yes. You'd yeah. add, add, sure. uh, add the first rounder in there too, and maybe you're talking, but. Well, and I don't, I don't know what. I I mean, if I'm Buffalo, no. Right. If they, that's an easy no. If it's because Colorado, seventh. Colorado picks 28th in the draft. Yep. So Kadri, the 28th pick, a third and a seventh for Sam Reinhardt? No. I mean, it, it starts with the first, and then they're probably telling you, all right, replace Kadri with New Hook. Well, and like Kadri, Kad, look, Colorado would have to do somebody like Kadri to, to make the money work, sure, but to good for, you know, for, yes, for money purposes. That's like a good, that's a fine start, but you're talking about, a, I think he's 31 now. 31-year-old Nazem Kadri with right. one year the, left on his deal. Like Buffalo is blowing it up. If they, they're moving that, they, yeah. they, they probably use Kadri to flip him on his own exactly. and, and in, in a separate deal. I mean, you're right. Like I said, you get the first there. Uh, the first was the, also supposed to be there. Okay. Even I, with I, the I, even I, with I, the even with the first, yep. it's not they're, they need they need an impact player for their roster. Targeting probably like a Timmins. Uh, look, if it's if it's Timmons, I'm doing it. I I know, but me it, too. It me too to, but it, but from their perspective, it would have to be New Hook. It would have to be Byram. I I think New Hook would be the ask, probably. Assuming you know Eichel's probably on the way out too, if they're moving Reinhardt. But what about Baron? Boy, that I'd do that for sure. So you would do Kadri a first, 
Baron third and, and a seventh for Reinhardt? The third and a seventh or whatever, right? Sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I would do Kadri a first and Baron plus a couple more picks. Sure. Yes, I would yeah. do that for Reinhardt. Okay. I would agree. I'm not doing Gerard straight up. No, no, I'm keeping Sam no. Gerard. Gerard's not getting traded. This has to stop. We, we did. We did this conversation yesterday. Yeah. You put support around Sam Gerard. You don't move Sam Gerard. Yep. Because if you move Sam Gerard, especially in a one for one deal for a forward, then you have to replace Sam Gerard. Great. You have Bowen Byram. You put him in that spot. You're in the same exact position where now you need to add support for Bowen Byram. Whereas you had support for Sam Gerrard in Bowen Byram, in Connor Timmons, you trade away Sam Gerrard, and now you're in the exact same position. And especially if you're keeping Landeskog, uh, look, don't get me wrong, I love Sam Reinhardt, but keeping Landeskog makes him less important to your forward core. Sam Reinhardt, that is. So, yeah. Reinhardt is a hypothetical in my opinion, great replacement for Landeskog as far as what you get out of them on the ice. I wanted to get into that later. Which we we can save. That's fine. I just, in the apocalyptic scenario, if he moves on, where does he go? What do the abs do? Um, But for right now, um, I want to go back to what we were talking about with the shorter contract. Yep. Uh, Taking a Pacioretty-esque deal, because if you go four years, then the AAB is higher. It's probably seven and a half million. Probably seven, seven and a half, somewhere in that range. But at the end of that four years, you have a 32-year-old Landis Gog and you see what he's produced. Do you do you want to do you want you know, depending on how he plays, do you just give him another four-year deal? Or do you do a shorter deal at less AAV at a lower AAV because he's not as good a player anymore. There's there's some certainty with the four year deal because then you get to hedge the thirty year old bet a little bit. Sure, you split it up because if that decline, look, if that decline happens two years into the contract, then you're thrilled you did the four year deal because then you don't have to sit there and eat years and years yeah. and years of decline. Thank you for the fist bumping pair, Nick. Very appreciated. Right. The the splitting up the deal is a fail safe for not a steady decline into the 30s, but a dude falling off a cliff, right? Yeah. It, so you're not just essentially running dead money. Yeah. With what look which we see happen all the time in the yeah. NHL. <laughs> and like that's the that's the threat of the 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 eight year deal. That's what scares you. Yep. Is that years five, six, seven, and eight, you're paying six and a half, six and a quarter for a guy that is now a two or three million dollar player. Yep. You're not it's, even in the ballpark at that point. It's kind of like the EJ thing, but to an extreme. Yeah. EJ wasn't that far off the cliff but he was certainly yeah. not worth his deal. Yeah, the the thing is like the funny thing about the EJ conversation is like if they had cut EJ loose, had he been a free agent the last couple of years, he would have easily gotten 4 million dollars from somebody. Yep. So it wouldn't have been like a huge like uh it was just is he overpaid? Yes. Is it by a lot? Not really. The problem is he gets hurt and a hurt player isn't worth anything. They they provide you no value when they when they can't play. Um, yeah, right. Which P.S. Another thing about Landeskog that we haven't talked about, but durability in his career. He has um, two three, seasons of eighty games. Yeah. yeah, three seasons, three seasons with eighty plus, two seasons yeah. of eighty two. Yep. But he also has seventy five, seventy two, seventy eight, seventy three, and. This year played 54 56. So his sophomore year, we only played 36 games. And I think that was the lockout shortened year anyway. So there were only 48 games to be played. I mean, you can realistically expect him to miss about 10 games a year. Yeah. And then last year, when he played 54 of 72, that was his most injured season. Yep. When he played 54 of 72. Otherwise, his durability has been fine. Yeah, you, if, postseason, 45 points in 49 playoff games in his career. 
Is Pretty he a darn superstar? Good. No. But, but he's that's been, first line level production, yeah. He's shown up. He's been solid. Yes, it was a con- it was concussion his second year. Yep. Brad Stewart ran into him with an elbow at the blue line. Yep. Um thankfully Landy really doesn't have any history of concussions beyond that one, but Yeah. Did change him a little bit, and he was not the same player as he was his rookie year. Lost a touch of aggression there on the yep. physical side for sure, but Yep. So the durability, I think, is another important factor in the in the Landiscott conversation. He continues to be healthy. Yep. You know, you never know how a body is going to age, especially as he gets into his 30s and a guy who does have a physical element to his game. You never know. But at least at this point, you're not looking at it and going, this guy's missed a lot of games. Well, and I know we've talked about this before too, but what pays the NHL? Goals and the automatic twenty goal guy, automatic. So ten season in the in the H in the NHL, eight of them have been twenty goal seasons. The two that weren't, the concussion related second year, where he only scored nine goals. Twenty sixteen seventeen when the Abs were the unluckiest offensive team ever, and he had eighteen goals. Yep, that's it. Otherwise, eight of ten seasons, twenty goal guy. One year at 30. So you're you're not really talking yourself into him being a 30-goal guy. He has one year with 34 goals, and then after that, his highest is 26. Although his last two years, 21 and 20 in 54 games, which are high 20-goal paces. Yes, not quite 30, but certainly you, you start talking about him as a 25 type of guy at that point. But. Yeah, that's why, that's why I said assume 25-35 for his yep. stat line moving forward as like a baseline. Yep. Because he might be, you know, goals are a little random. He, he could finish at 21. He could finish at 26. You just sure. No. Sure. Um, but the assists, he's pretty consistent with. Uh, he's hit 30 assists seven times. Yeah. he He's, I think a lot of people underrate his passing ability because... He doesn't ever really do anything fancy. He just makes the simple, mm-hmm. smart, effective pass, and it gets him a lot of points. Yeah, and you see, like, I would also point out uh, all three of Colorado's top-line guys are consistently putting up good power play numbers. Yeah, sure. The PP production helps, no doubt. 25 and 35 is 60 points. So that's really that's – really, Going back to an 82-game schedule, 60 points is the expectation. He had 52 points this season in 54 games. So the last the last four years, he has been either 60 points or higher or on a pace of. So uh, I would say 60 points is where you would want to draw his baseline. All right. Well, if nothing else... The Avs have to keep Cape Landeskog around if they want to continue Operation Mail Model. So <laughs> there's this theory that I've been introduced to. Oh boy, here we go. And it's it's kind of broken my brain a little bit <laughs> that dudes that men, if you ask male Avalanche fans who is the most attractive Avs player. The majority of dudes will say Landeskog. Mm-hmm. If you ask women this, the answers are a lot more varied. Sure, not surprised by that. I was surprised by it because I just, I'm just like, look, Landy's an Adonis. I, I, I'm with you. All right, one hundred percent. But and it, it was like, uh, it was more like a, like, oh, dudes, dudes want to be Landy, <laughs> and women are just like, yeah, he's like gorgeous or whatever but that's not the guy i'm most attracted to and it's like huh (laughs) huh dude the girls love berkey girls love ryan graves yeah ryan graves is very popular he's a killer yeah Tyson, tyson jost is like the cute guy yeah for sure it's crazy 
And then yeah. you have EJ's smile. <laughs> Without his teeth in. Yeah. <laughs> Bednar, definitely a silver fox, for sure. Somebody, I, I was recently asked, who's the most unattractive av? And Dubnik was my answer, because I couldn't come up with another one. Yeah, EJ didn't really play this year, but I think it might be EJ. Really? Yeah. Think it's EJ? I don't think it's EJ. I think EJ is a really good looking dude. He just nah, has that the flow's a little too greasy, I think. And then the, the teeth when he smiles are, are just hilarious. But yeah, he's got the he's got the here and there teeth. Yeah. Some are here and some are there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's multiple gaps going on. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't know if I could come up with like a like and, and even EJ, like these are pro athletes, See? right? Like personal fame is Jost. See, she was. This theory was correct. This individual, who I don't think is a regular podcast listener, but if she listens to this, she was correct. It freaks me out. Yeah, we do have to take our second period break here as we continue thinking about the least attractive abs player. But if you want your male model to look a little bit more like the male models of Colorado, head on over to manscaped.com. Get yourself 20% off with code DNVR20. Or you know what? Father's Day is coming up. You need to get your dad a gift. He can take care of his package with Manscaped as well. Great deal. Great gift. Look, you can go beyond just the Lawnmower 4.0 and, and all of their exfoliation gels and all of that. You can get them stuff like breath mints and things, too. Look, all right? Even denim daddies need to take care of their package. Oh, yeah. It is what it is. Everyone's got to do it. So <laughs> head on over to Manscaped. Use code DNVR. Get that 20% off and free shipping on their new perfect package 4.0. There is no alley today, chat. I have free reign to say whatever I want. <laughs> Rudo at least. <laughs> What's up, guys? Yeah, we got super producer Kale today. He won't stop me. Uh, also brought to you, since you know we're talking about meat, Hassle Cattle Company. Get 10% off with code DNVR10 at HassleCattleCompany.com. They have their amazing Wagyu, their beef burgers down at the DNVR bar. If you haven't tried one, get one. They're so delicious. But they have plenty of other meat as well, whether it be their bone-in ribeyes, their sirloins. They even have Wagyu beef jerky if that's your thing. You can order it, again, at HassleCattleCompany.com. If you order $200 or more, so you get a group order going, you get free shipping as well. They also have a buy three, get one free promo going on right now. So check them out today. Get yourself some damn good beef. And, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, the main sponsor of our podcast with the amazing odds boost every single day. When you, excuse me, sign up with code DNVR, they are still running their turn $1 into $100 right here, right now. All you have to do is pick any basketball team still in the playoffs, Bet a dollar, and if that team wins their next game, you win $100 in site credit. So jump on it. Get yourself $100 to play with the DraftKings, and then go YOLO bet on the Avs winning the Stanley Cup in 2022. Because why not? You can win yourself a ton of money that way. Or maybe take uh, take Kale McCarr to win the Norris. Who knows? Plenty of good hockey bets. There we go. That's the one. Hockey bets to take over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They have odds boosts every single day on all sorts of crazy sports as well, so highly recommend you check them out. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that DNVR promo code to let them know we sent you and get the chance to turn $1 into $100 in free credits when you bet on a basketball team to win their next game. Uh, the new customers only wager paid out in site credits restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for gambling problems. Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Gabe Landeskog coming back. I think one thing we forgot to mention, I'm assuming, AJ, you are also operating under the concept of the abs are going to lose roughly three million dollars in the expansion draft um yeah sure yeah i think that's fair one of 
Comfort Donskoy, Ryan Graves likely to be the one taken. They make the most sense as the guys that will go. Uh, any any other suggestions require a certain level of mental gymnastics right now. Yep. But that also is before we see the protection list. Right. So Maybe we have to go off with the list that we think makes the most sense, which is what we do. If it comes out that Nichushkin and Jost are exposed, then you cross that bridge when you get there. Yeah. Yep. Then it's a different conversation. Boy, if they're both exposed, it's pretty funny because it's like, no, but they can only lose one. You're like, okay. <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, if it's not those three guys, you're doing mental it, gymnastics. Which down the line, we will have an expansion draft show again. Don't worry. So we'll, yeah, we'll get we're going to do questions we, there. We promise to do another mock, another expansion mock. Yep. And then we will also get into Colorado specific stuff and other things, I guess we can, we can talk about other teams too. Yep. For sure. So we'll get to that when we get there. This one is about Landy and uh, should we, should we talk a little bit more about what it looks like with him coming back or are we ready to move into the apocalypse? Yeah. Let's talk about the apocalyptic scenario. All right. So, there's already been the, I mean, I don't know how real any of this is, but, oh, there are teams that want to prepare monster offers for him. Okay, yep. cool. Um, the Los Angeles Kings are going to be major players yeah. in everything this offseason. Yep. So if a guy, if Dougie Hamilton is going to be available, start in L.A. Seth Jones is ele- available. Start in LA. If yeah. Jack Eichel is available, start in LA. <laughs> They're because just gonna they move have, down the list until they get their guy. <laughs> they have they have the combination. Uh, they have the combination of cap space opportunity and young players, um, picks and prospects and stuff. All that the, they can do. Anything they want, right? They they totally get to make they they get to make all the big decisions. So it's not a huge surprise that teams would be like, "Well, we sure hope Landis God gets to free agency because we would love to be able to offer him this mega deal." And that's if he makes it to free agency in LA, yeah. or someone says, "Here's eight and a half million dollars, and he wants the money." Then that is what it is. So this is. Tying into an expa- into expansion, <clears throat> this is why you protect him. I know a lot of people tweet at me about, oh, the ads could save a protection slot and not protect Landy, right? This is why you protect him. Because Seattle gets an exclusive negotiation window with all UFAs who are left unprotected. Yep. They can start so, talking about Landy. What is it? Five days before free it's, agency, I believe it's when the ex- when the expansion lists come out. Oh, so that's like super early. Okay, so they basically get a week jump because that way they can talk to the UFAs, and if the UFAs have an interest in signing, they can take them and be like, "Okay, well, we took Gabe Landeskog from Colorado, and now we signed him. Whatever." So yep. they they Seattle gets to talk to him and with no with 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 no counter offer with nobody else that can play into it only Seattle can look at Colorado's cap situation and say we have no players we can offer them 9 million dollars yep and Colorado has to draw the line in the sand and say I mean, there's there is no way Colorado can pay Gabe Landis God nine million dollars. They cannot. They have to draw a line somewhere. So, yep. if we start to get into expansion draft week and Landis God isn't isn't signed, it's time to get nervous. Yeah, it'll start to ramp up for sure. Yeah, you have to get you have. That's when you start to get nervous because when he has a chance to go into the market and talk to teams, Colorado is going to be hamstrung by. The decisions that they have to make. The max that they can pay, yeah. So they are only going to have so long 
before they have to really start to, to worry about it. If he wants to go into free agency, look, if Col- if Colorado makes him a co- good, fair, competitive offer. I don't think there's any reason for him to, but. Landy, Landy is going to stay. Yeah, I agree. He wants, he wants to be here. He's made it clear that he wants to be here. He started his family here. His roots are here. He wants to do it with this organization. The team is really good. He He's can compete. Captain. He's, He's going to be in the here. postseason. It, it, He's on his way to having his jersey retired with or without a Stanley Cup, there's, to be honest with you. There's every reason for him to stay. Yeah. He's got all – there are lots and lots of reasons to stay. But if he gets into free agency, if he gets into if he, if he gets into free agency, suddenly nine, $9 million per year for seven years and Colorado's like, We'll give you six and a half over eight. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, uh, that extra $20 million adds up quick. <laughs> um, Eric Johnson did sell his horse named Landeskog, I believe. So, yeah. bad sign there, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the bromance is over. <laughs> so, that's, that's one, that's the number one reason that you do not leave him unprotected. It's yeah. because then. Another NHL club has freedom to roll in and start talking to him and be like, here's your money. Yep. And you don't want that. You just don't want you're grinding towards negotiating negotiations. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to get to the right price point. You're really. And then all that work gets undone because Seattle comes in and goes, well, I mean, this is a. This is an interesting thing here. As, as George says, Landy reminds me of Sackick wants to stay here as long as he's treated fairly in contract talk. He will stay. I, people forget Joe Sackick signed. Uh, uh, Joe Sackick tried to leave. Yeah, he signed a, a waiver sheet. What are they called? An like, offer sheet. Offer sheet. Thank you. To go to New York. That the ad, mm-hmm. I, I, Was it Quebec at the time or was it in Colorado? It was in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. It, it, they had to match. So anyway, the idea that everyone wants to stay no matter what just simply isn't true in the NHL. You have to at least give them a realistic offer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Their big thing, the, the, the Rangers poison pill was they did a thing that you can't do in contracts anymore. Yeah. Um, was they loaded it up with all the cash at the front of it. Yep. And said, we have the money for this and you guys don't. And the only reason that the ads got the cash to pay for it was because air force one was a huge hit. <laughs> So that's one of the that's one of the old dater stories that I always loved, but he likes to tell a lot. <laughs> it's a great story though that they kept Joe Sackett because Air Force One was a surprise box office hit. Sometimes lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's a great example of why you don't want other teams talking dudes. Yep. Exactly. Talking to your players because they go into that market. It's real hard to come to, to get them to come back. Like what Steven Stamkos did is the rarity where yep. he rolled into the market and then was like, I'm good. I'll stay. Yep. Very much not the norm necessarily. Yeah. When a guy gets into UFA, he almost always leaves. So. Yeah. Anyway. The, so, the yeah. Air Force, the Air Force One, Joe Sackick story is um, well-worn territory. Just Google it. Yeah, it, it's it's out there. Um, quickly, in a universe where Landy doesn't come back, we've talked about Sam Reinhart. I think that's the first thing I do. Yep, just go to Buffalo. You know they're looking mm-hmm. to sell. Here's the first. Baron, whatever, whatever, at least figure out what they're looking for, for him. Mm-hmm. And then you have that conversation. And then two, I saw someone ask it in chat a while ago. Who gets the C if Landy's gone, AJ? Because I don't think it's McKinnon. I give it to, I give it to EJ. Yeah, if he's healthy, that's probably the answer. Even if he's not? Even if he's not, you give him the C. Yeah. In the locker room. Ovi's not going anywhere. Yeah. Ovi would go back to the Russia before mm-hmm. he left Washington. Yeah. Blind to yourselves. Do you think that guy's leaving the Caps? Yep. I don't know. We always said that about Chara with the Bruins, though. 
Yeah, but o- Ovi has actively said he doesn't want to play. He yeah. would go back to Russia. If it was one is in August. Did it is that announced? That's the thing that impacts both of our lives significantly. Yeah, August is quite late. That's a that's problematic. <laughs> uh anyway. Different different yeah. conversation for a different day there. Um in any case, yeah, I think uh no, not Mac, because he's not what you want as your captain. Yeah. He's he's great as with wearing an A. You he's want him part of your leadership group. You want him helping to set the tone, but the perfect you, A candidate. He can lead by scoring a billion points on the ice. Yeah. And do you guys Miko, no. He's just too much of a little brother. He's also like people forget Miko's only like twenty-three. Yeah. The the way that the way that McKinnon before I say this, I will preface this with yes. I have absolutely no problem with how McKinnon conducted himself in the post-game presser after game six. Yep. I have no problem with the fact that he was salty and that he was pissed and that he was short with the media. I have no issues with that, especially a local media that had been going at him. For struggling games for, for, five, for yeah. the last week or so. But that also, the way that he conducted himself is a good example of why you don't want him as your C. Yep. Because it was a little petulant. It was a little tantrum-y. And again, he's going at guys who have been writing a lot of negative shit about him. I mean, like, can I preface what you're saying with not only do I not mind it, I wish there were more people in the NHL that showed a little bit more emotion and pressures <laughs> and things, but that shouldn't be the guy that's your captain. I think that's a great way to say it. I have no problem with the dude like like bagging on media that he's frustrated with, but I don't want that guy as the, as the C. Yep. So, yeah. So no, I'm not worried about McKinnon resigning. Yeah, the, the Avs will, the Avs will absolutely offer him back up the dump truck for McKinnon. Yeah, they will offer him the universe. Yep, that one's an easy one. So, uh, so I'm anyway. It would be EJ. Would I, be for me I, anyway. It would be I, EJ. I don't think there's really much more reason to continue this conversation because Landy's going to sign. Yeah. And this Sam Reinhardt is the first. Sam but, Reinhardt is the immediate pivot. Yep, because the Avs can can move enough salary, go get him, do whatever they have to do. They've got the young. They've got enough young guys at both forward and defense that they can survive the move, and they get a Landy style you, of player. You, you drop him into essentially the exact same role in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could do it anyway if they could free up the cap space. But if they could find, I'm the, I'm all about. It's I'm all you, about that man. You drop sod and you end up finding a way to fit Reinhardt in if you have find a way to the money. But a different conversation for a different day, perhaps. Yeah. So, um, we're not talking Brandon Sod really in depth on the show. Nope. Shows about Landis God. We'll talk about he's, Sod he's and, point. and Makar in future shows here. No <laughs> and Grubauer. And yeah. Grubauer, too. Yep. Look, we've got to get through five, six weeks of off-season shows. We're going to focus them on deep dives on one subject. Yep. As so much as we can, because we're both easily distracted. I mean, well, this is this is it now. Every time y'all come into chat and want to know about Landis God, we're linking you this show. Yeah. And just be like, here you go. Here's your Landy stuff. We did this. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I think we're just about wrapped up here. Any any final thoughts on on Landy and his deal going into off season? Yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've got to say about it. All right. So Reinhardt's my Reinhardt's my plan one, plan two, plan three. Yeah. If I if you lose Landy, you you move heaven and earth to go get him. Basically. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what a plan after that would be. 
Although I was thinking about post Nazem Kadri plans this morning and thinking about Adam Henrik and Henrik, huh? And then, well, and then I was like, mm, they're going to pay more for an older guy. Yeah. I mean, I it, who signed longer. Also, like, mm, I'm good. like, Kadri plans also depend a lot on what Alex Newhook looks like next year. But yeah. <laughs> that's Definitely. a different, again, different podcast. We're going to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, hanging out today. We appreciate all of you. We'll be back tomorrow. Likely. Yeah, do you want to do want to give a final contract prediction? Oh yeah, sure. Um, you you want to go first since you've been digging into all the numbers today. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven. Uh, I'm gonna go seven years at seven point two five. I am going to go six years at six point eight. I really, 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 really want it to land at six point nine. Yeah, I really. <laughs> I want the nice contract so badly. Well, it, it is Landy, so based on his last deal, it'll deal it'll be like six point a bunch of random ass numbers. <laughs> like... Yeah. So the contract that he's on now is an AAV of five five seven one four two nine. What was that like? His first phone number growing yeah. up? Like, what the hell did you get to that number? <laughs> and like, it's an even number in the end because it's thirty nine million. But it was like the way they spread it out. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, how did you decide that's the number? What in the world? So there, it's yeah. Is that the secret that Scott's onto here? The the contract will be six nine six nine six nine six nine. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with it. <laughs> All right. There you go. You heard it here first. The nicest contract in the league. <laughs> we are out of here. Thank you all again. Catch you guys tomorrow. Likely talking about more contract stuff.